Hello, and welcome to the Running Hook Podcast, hosted by Alex Burr, a member of the Running Hook Podcast Network. Another edition of the Running Hook slash Battleground podcast. We're kind of doing this as a crossover today, folks, because let's face it, the trade deadline was yesterday. A lot of big stuff happened. And while Bryce Shaddy wasn't able to make it, we we found a willing replacement uh, that we'll, we'll introduce shortly. But first, Zach Griffith, I want to thank you for taking time out of your, your Friday night, you know, joining us here to break down some trades. Hey, very eventful day yesterday. Can't wait to talk about it. There's going to be takes of plenty all around. Of course, and we're also joined by JD Hall. JD, your Bulls—they may or may not be back. How how are we feeling? Listen, I haven't been able to say this in a in a long time. Ever since we was in AC and we dropped tonight, but guess what? Go Bulls, go! Let's go! Let's go! You know the last dynamic duo we had. Was it Rondo and uh, Rondo and uh, stop, Gibson? Stop it! Stop! All right, we ain't go play games. <laughs> we ain't go play games now. We back, baby. We back, baby. But eight and number nine, baby. I I like saying numbers all of a sudden. I like saying numbers all of a sudden. I got number eight and number nine, baby. I got number eight and number nine, baby. <laughs> you can't wear number nine though, JD. Patrick Williams is wearing number nine. He switched to 44. Who is Nikola Mirotic? <laughs> <laughs> and our Bray Shaddy replacement and a guy that co-hosts podcasts with Mr. Shaddy on the regular, it's our good friend Caleb Blaine. Caleb, how are we doing tonight? You you insulted a, a barrage of Cardinals insults before the pod. How, how are we feeling right now? You know, I'm feeling good. Um, you all should feel good as well. You're clearly getting the better uh, person uh, from this podcast. So, as far as I'm concerned, you know, it, it's 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 gonna be a, it's gonna be a terrific it's gonna be a terrific show. I mean, there's there's no question. I bring some more substance uh, to the podcast. So I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> and if you had the over under set for the time Caleb Lynn opened his mouth to insulting Bryce Shaddy as 30 seconds. And you had the under. Congratulations. You're a very wealthy man. Send <laughs> um, <laughs> the shots early. <laughs> but um, really big trade deadline yesterday, guys. We were going to record this yesterday, but some things came up on my end. So we couldn't. But we're going to record this tonight. Better late than never. And we're going to revolve this for the majority around the three Florida teams. So the majority of the action took place in Orlando, in Miami, and in Tampa which is where the Toronto Raptors are playing. And I feel like the biggest trades happened out of Orlando. So we got to start with the Orlando Magic. And the the Magic sent Nikola Vucevic to Chicago for Wendell Carter, Otto Porter, <laughs> a 2021 and 2023 first round pick. Inside deal, Chicago also got <laughs> Daniel Tice and Troy Brown Jr. and sent Mo Wagner to Boston and Chandler Hutchison to Washington. I mean, we got to start with JD here. First of all, scale of one to ten, how shocked were you when he actually when Vooch actually got traded? Oh, let's, from, let's just start there. From one to ten, I was maybe shocked about a three. I had a strong feeling he was leaving. I had a strong feeling he was leaving. Well, how shocked were you that he ended up on the Bulls? I mean, ten, come on. ten, 
10. Yeah, I haven't had. We were all tens. I haven't had good I news wasn't. come to us. And yeah, you weren't. I, I I don't know when was the last time we got good news over here, baby. This Chicago train haven't had good news in a while. <laughs> Outside of us even being playoff contention, uh, I think Jim Boylan getting fired was pretty good news. It was great. No, no. See, <laughs> see, this what was better news than that. I lied. Guard Pat's leaving. Yes. Oh, yeah. But because I didn't know the direction we was going, I, I still haven't been this happy. But after seeing this, I'm ecstatic. You my, should be. My month has been made. <laughs> should be ecstatic. <laughs> Zach, it's okay. Same question to you. How shocked were you? So you give the answer to the question you just asked and the question I asked. How shocked were you that he got traded and how shocked were you that he ended up on the Bulls? Well, it was like an eight on this one to 10 scale that he got traded uh, just for the magic, all the moves they made in general. I didn't think they were going to blow. I mean, they're pretty bad this year, but I didn't think they were going to clean house like they did. I mean, that was pretty shocking to me. The fact that he ended up on the Bulls. Pretty shocking as well. I mean, the Bulls, what's the last big time trade the Bulls made that they won? I mean, they traded Jimmy Butler, but they didn't win that trade. We can all agree. When when was it? I was trading our test for Jalen Rose. Do you have to go back that far? No, oh, that well, wasn't a win. Here, here's the, and that wasn't I'll, a win. I'll throw, I'll throw this to Caleb. I'll throw this to Caleb. So you could argue in retrospect that they won the Jimmy Butler trade because they got Zach Levine, and Zach Levine has actually stayed in Chicago, whereas we all know how this um Jimmy Butler situation in Minnesota turned out. Caleb, could you argue? Like I know this is like three years later and we're talking about a different trade, but I feel like it's kind of relevant. Would you say that Chicago won the Jimmy Butler trade? I mean, yeah, I I would say, I would say they did because I, I think when you look at what Levine is, is doing and how he's still there, you know, like how many players are, are you getting to even be as loyal as he is? I mean, let's just be honest. Like, I mean, we look at the years and we think, oh, it's not that long. But in reality, guys are leaving pretty much in and out all the time. And despite all of the coaching, despite horrible front office management, Zach Levine is still a part of the Chicago Bulls. And it doesn't seem as if that's going away anytime soon. And that's a credit to the new front office for saying, look, we are in Chicago. We're in a top three media market in the world. When we are good, people know it, and it's good for the it's good for basketball. Everybody talks about how, like, you know, oh well, um, a team like just fill in the blank. When Sacramento is good, uh, it's good for basketball. Well, it's nothing like Chicago. Chicago is the king of the Midwest with basketball. It's it's not close, and especially in the NBA. And I think when, when you look at what they did, I mean, they just – they proved it. They proved it. And that's all their fans have been wanting them to do. Just prove it. Just get to the playoffs. And clearly, they're trying to get to the playoffs. They somehow, some way moved off of Otto Porter. I don't know how. What a somehow, w. some way moved off of Otto Porter. And, you know, and to be honest, I, I just I I think it is great news for them to get a player like Vucevic. I can only imagine the pick and pop, pick and roll combos that that they're going to be. And, and you know, I it's it's great for Bulls fans and I'm happy for them. All right. So I'm, I'm going to throw it back to Zach before we finish with J.D. And I, I think because Caleb kind of answered a little bit of my question and I, I suppose I'll finish it on Caleb. So Zach to J.D. to Caleb. But 
So, Zach, right now the Bulls are ninth in the Eastern Conference. They're two games behind Boston, or they're a game behind Boston, and they're two games behind Miami, Atlanta, and three games behind New York. Yep. So my question to you is, does this move catapult Chicago over some of those teams? Not all of them, but do you think that this move solidifies their place as a for-sure playoff team in the Eastern Conference? Totally. Totally. And let me tell you, going forward with this, I think going forward in a future sense, uh, the Bulls won the trade deadline because Vucevic, Williams, and Levine, that's a pretty good trio to build around. I know Vucevic is uh, nearing 30 if he's not already, but he can he's averaging 25 a year a game this year. So he, he's, he's balling. He's an all-star. I think he's going to be an all-star going forward, especially in the East. So... They're gonna they're gonna make the playoffs. I think you can book it now. I think you can totally book it now. The way Levine's playing, uh, he's improved in his playmaking and his defense. I think you can totally book the Bulls being in the playoffs. And this Central Division, other than uh, the Pistons, they all have pretty good cores going forward. And I think they're all gonna be, you know, in the playoffs. Maybe even next year. Four out of the five Central teams will be in the playoffs. Maybe even next year. Yeah, the Eastern Conference is just getting a lot stronger. And I think in a couple of years time, we'll actually have, you know, instead of like the West being as much as superior as it is right now with nine teams over 500 compared to the East with only five teams over 500. Yeah. And they're all bunched together. Um, also, I, think they- I talked before I talked to you guys before the show, the Bulls went from Markinen and Wendell Carter to Vucevic and Daniel Tice. What a fucking improvement. <laughs> I mean, JD, you got to be ecstatic. I, I still like marking them more than Tice, but bring your Tice in. I love it. I mean, Tice, I, I don't know how we, Tice. Tice nah, is good. I, I can't hate Tice, but what I'm saying is I still like marking them more, but I love that we was able to bring Tice. Yeah. The I, fact, and we we flipped them for Mo Wagner. <laughs> I mean, if if... When I seen we got Mo Wagner, the first thing I said was, what the hell we going to do with this? And then I seen Daniel Tice for Mo Wagner. I said, I must be in heaven. I forgot to mention Daniel Gafford did get shipped to Washington, where he will surely be the recipient of many Russell Westbrook lobs. But yeah, JD, I mean, this team is like a professional basketball team now. Like they shipped out all the guys that kind of, I'm not saying Gafford sucked, but Hutchison sucked. Um, you know, Wendell Carter didn't live up to expectations at all. And now, now you've got like 10 guys who can, who are professional basketball players in your rotation. I think that's a huge difference. Like, yes, I mean, so, okay, JD, I'm going to list you a team. And you tell me if right now that the bulls are better than this team and you, you can include injuries in there. Do you think right now the bulls are better than the Hornets? Yes, absolutely. Do you think they're better than the Knicks? Yes. Do you think they're better than the Hawks? Yes. The Heat. No. The Celtics. We right there with them. And then the last team ahead of them, the Pacers. I think we got the Pacers. I mean, I think if Warren was healthy, it'd be a different discussion, but I I would be inclined to agree with most of the picks you made. Um, I'll tell you what, the the Bulls cause... The Celtics don't want to see the Bulls in the play-in tournament. No. Oh. There's a lot of matchup problems down low. I love Jalen Brown. But it'll be an early exit for my boy if they run into my boys. I'm sorry, but 
it w- are they going to double most of the game? Because Vucevic will not have anybody to answer to him. I mean, Tristan Thompson? Um, <laughs> like, seriously, Mo, Mo Wagner, are these going to be the guys that they put to stop Vooch? Sure, God help him. And, and, and we have shooters. The Bulls have good shooters. Marking and shooting a career, I mean, over 40%. Yeah. You don't want to see Zach Levine as the wide open guy. Kobe White. Now we know somebody in here been benefiting from some Kobe White in fantasy. Yeah, and um be? I mean we we have shooters around it. Patrick Williams is a knockdown guy from the corner. That young you you know the name Thadjik Thadjik Young. Thadjik Young. I'd say the full name, JD. <laughs> nah, I, I ain't I ain't go go in all of that. All right. we, Johnson. We 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 gotta we gotta we gotta we we gotta keep it young because I I don't really like Magic Johnson right now. His you, Twitter right now, sucks. You never liked him. Nah, but his Twitter sucks every day. Like it get worse and worse. So I don't like him more than usual. And then look. Garrett Temple been a good pickup. Denzel Valentine been making shots. I forgot he was in the league or why he was ever in the league. And I used to like him, but he's been actually making shots. And I can't lie, man. The the Bulls have me truly excited, but it's a lot of teams now that was able to load up on Zach Levine when anybody else wasn't getting off. But now you got somebody giving you 28 and 25 together. 28 and 25. Yeah, and Vucevic, let's be honest, guys, he had every reason to try and throw a fit and get out of Orlando. I mean, that's a definition of an average team, and he didn't do it. So that tells me he's a team guy, and he he, he can be a pillar of your franchise, and I think that's exactly what he's going to be with the Bulls. Getting double nightly, and you still can put up 25 at 12? It's amazing. It's amazing. But Before I move on to Caleb, I saw a thing on Twitter where it's like, being the guy that is driving and having Vucevic's help defender on you is a great way to get assists because Vucevic is just going to knock down a top of the key three. I mean, like this is, this is my Vucevic take. Okay. He's kind of what would happen if you threw a worse version of Dirk in today's NBA, you can't build a team around him, but I mean, as like your secondary attacker, I think he, I think he could be great, but Caleb, let's let's get into the stuff that I think we're, we're praising the Bulls, but I think that no one wants to talk about a whole lot is the defense. I mean, Levine can be good if he tries, but Vucevic has never been a great defensive player. Obviously, Thad and Garrett Temple and Sadoransky, like those guys are all good and Williams is good. But how do you trust this team's defensive capabilities coming down the stretch run of the season? Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't trust it at all, Alex. This is, this is, this, I don't, I, oh my gosh, I don't trust it. I mean, do I trust, do I trust a roster that has to sit there and rely on guys like Sadoransky to play defense? Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, that's, like, that is really bad as an organization. And 
I mean, a part that I just simply don't understand, even though you guys are basically booking rooms with him, is the fact that Laurie Marketed is still on this team. Why is Laurie Marketed on this team when you could have gone after somebody who fit their roles and fit what Chicago needs besides a guy that just sits there and shoots all the freaking time? They don't need offense. At this point, they need somebody who can give them a clear definition of a role player. All Laurie Markkinen has ever been is some sort of royalty possession for Jim Boylan. That's all he's been. And break in breaking news and breaking news. He ever since his rookie year, he's never been that guy again. He's not even close to that guy. Yet we're going to criticize Wendell Carter more than Laurie Markkinen's play. Hey, let me like, ask I, you. Let me ask Larry you. Laurie Markkinen been better than Wendell. Come on. Let me let me ask you this. Would you rather have all three of you? Would you rather have Markinen or Kuzma right now from that draft class? Markinen. I probably it just depends on what kind of team I like what I need from a team, right? Well, like the Bulls. What do the Bulls need? Who would you rather have? The Bulls need Kuzma more than they need Markinen. I want Markinen. I, I would probably lean Markinen as a player. I think that there's a lot of potential still there to be unlocked. I think Kuzma's finally realized playing with LeBron what he needs to be. You think the Lakers would have gone it, for a Kuzma marketing trade? Even though Kuzma just signed that extension? No, I think the logical trade was Lonzo for marketing. Wow. I think that was a logical trade for me. And but what I about could, the Pelican side? The Pelican we couldn't get him. We couldn't get him. Marketing was actually the guy uh in the and from what I read was involved for um Lonzo, which I would have loved personally. That's and I guess that's where my argument is is like I, I think if you could have gotten a player like that and he was the main asset on the table, then that should have happened. Because I just I don't like this potential you're talking about, Alex. How in the crap's he gonna get to that potential if Vucevic is around? That's he's not gonna get he's not gonna get there. I feel, like, I feel exactly the same way. Like I think that him being next to Zion, I mean the defense would be absolutely catastrophic. But make no bones about it. But the Pelicans aren't in any kind of position to be a contender right now. They could use all the talent they can get. Right now their roster is actually pretty talent dry. We actually just did their roster. And I think Dylan and I came to the conclusion that we'd keep like five of the young players on the roster and get rid of everybody else. So I, I, I don't know, man. For me personally, I like marketing. Eight, 18 and six, 18 and six. You're not getting that from a lot oh, of that's guys. Solid. Yeah, that's solid. You're not getting it is from, solid. Now, I think the, the biggest problem is that due to him and Wendell both being in and out of the lineup, You've seen a lot of question marks as to what can he truly be? Can he be a stretch five or is he best fit as a four? Because it was a lot of times this season as planned to stretch five. You looked and he dominated. He he was able to dominate. He got some nice rebounds. He was double-digit rebounds. Then as the stretch four, you got the questions as to he he's a solid help defender when he's going against a team that can't shoot, but versus teams that can shoot, you want to throw Wendell out there to guard the guy and have him as the oh, help defender. Hell. Right. Oh hell. That I think that that's that that's the defense definitely a problem. But I do believe that marking and he has so much potential that should be unlocked. I don't think he unlocks it with the Bulls. Okay. I think okay. I, I think the best place for him to be is to where uh, 
all all um damage in the rough are created. I gotta see him in San Antonio. Wow. I, I don't think he marketing. Marketing. I don't think marketing oh. becomes who he can truly be if he if he not in the Spurs uniform. I mean, we see Jakob Pertle as a valuable piece right now. Who would have seen that coming out of Toronto? <laughs> I'm not throwing. I'm not throwing a shot at him. But what I'm saying is, in Toronto, did we think Jakob Pertle no would be who he is? No, yeah. I think it hurt them more. Th- uh, this is gonna sound weird to say. I think it hurt them more than getting rid of getting rid of DeRozan did, and that's why they had to go get Gasol. Absolutely, absolutely. Getting off Wendell, I think, was an underrated part of this because he didn't really fit in with Markinen and and the whole scheme. Vucevic does. Because if Vucevic gets doubled down low. He can dish it out to Markinen or Levine or somebody like that. Wendell could never do that. Markinen is a strong cutter. He's not somebody, when he gets ahead of steam, he can go over you. And I I think one of the underrated elements for the Bulls here is having Thad. Because you can literally play Thad. Very much so. You can play Thad with, the worst combination would be Thad (laughs) with Thad and Thice. And like we saw in Indiana, right? And I think Zach, you you can attest to this too. Like Thad was able to play with Sabonis, and he was able to play with Miles. Thad, like, I'll tell you what, I would take Thad right now. I'd take him back. Right, I, like, and I was saying it was a big loss for them when he left, and everyone's like, a massive oh, no. loss. No, it was but, a massive loss. If you watch the Pacers, yeah, but the Pacers, like, I did. They're, they're, they always lose. They always lose people on a consistent well, basis. Pick a team and talk to me, please, Caleb. <laughs> Caleb, if it's one team that we know don't value their talent, just stop. It's the Pacers. It's no, the Pacers. I, will, I will say the Pacers, you know, we sat on our ass like we always do at the trade deadline. I mean, that's the thing. It's The trade deadline's fun as an NBA fan. But y'all trade a, deadline was boring as hell. Got, y'all trade deadline was getting Karis LeVert. That was the trade deadline for yeah. y'all. That's, and, I mean, that's a pretty good trade deadline, all things considered. I mean, the la- the last big move I seen them make was who Danny LeVert. Granger. Yeah, look. trading Danny Granger for Allen and Evan Turner. <laughs> and look how that went. Locker room went to shit. I mean, yes, Lavoy Allen, come on in. And I signing that, Andrew Bynum as a buyout. That was oh my god, Andrew and Bynum Lawson. was just. A, we did hey, it too. Trevor Booker. Hey, Trevor Booker was solid for us. <laughs> solid. I've seen his better days in Brooklyn. Can we talk solid. about the? <laughs> I, I have something I want to talk about, but I feel like in the interest of time, we should move on because we spent a lot of time on the, the Bulls. But um, uh, Caleb, you're our draft guy. So I'll throw it back to you just real quick for the magic element of this. Do you think that Wendell can bounce back in Orlando? Like, how do you think that would go for the magic at adding him to their young core? I really like it. I, I think he's a really I think the way that the magic are starting to build their roster Wendell can become a true a, a true five and and he doesn't have to worry about oh look I'm playing with this other seven footer oh look I'm, I'm playing with this other guy the magic are, are going to be a team that you're already seeing be positionless at the forward spots you have to think that the magic are clearly trying to go get Cunningham if if they get Cunningham, 
you know, that's a pretty good team. When you have Fultz and you have Cunningham and you have Isaac and you have Carter, I mean, that, those are four pretty nice players. And, and Chuma Okiki has been showing some bright spots. Ooh. And it just makes you wonder, like, that's a potential starting five in a very real starting five for the Dwayne Magic Bacon. forward. Yeah, and he's good. And Terrence Ross, I'm really uh, – that's my oh. guy – Terrence Ross. Ross. I'm surprised he didn't get traded. traded. Why didn't he get traded? I don't know. I don't know. I've seen seen like three or four teams like Miami, the Lakers, shooting very high for this guy. Very Uh, high on him. Um, Boston wanted well. Boston could have used all of Orlando's guys. I I made that very clear. I'm done with Boston. I shouldn't even brought Boston up. (laughs) Well, let me ask you. you guys, let me ask you guys this. Yeah, Milwaukee too. Milwaukee wanted him. Would if you were Philly, would you say uh, Danny Green for Terrence Ross trade up? Heck yeah. Um. Heck yeah. I feel like Danny Green's defense is still going to be necessary, especially against a team like the Nets. Uh, I I would just bank on Simmons. Not not just. I honestly defense. wouldn't have minded that trade they did for George Hill for Terrence Ross. Yeah. The George but, Hill trade was solid, I think. I mean, it was solid. For, I like for it. Philly, it takes the really ball good. out of being hand. It takes the it takes the ball out of being hand with somebody more trustworthy than Tobias Harris. It's another ball handler to have uh, in crunch time, and they didn't yeah. have that. And hopefully, I, he I, doesn't I, miss clutch free throws with uh, five seconds left in the um, uh, in the championship. He, he, game. he ain't. <laughs> he don't worry about those days. Jr. Smith took all the blame. That, that's incredible that Jr. Smith. <laughs> Took all the blame for George Hill being for choking at the foul line in game one of the finals. It's not his fault that George Hill missed. (laughs) But quick, quick quick question. Uh, As y'all said, the question would be um, Danny Green for Terrence Ross, right? Mm -hmm. Would you bank on Terrence Ross streakiness in the playoffs more than uh, more? He, Danny Green is a veteran that has had more consistent moments right. when it mattered. Like, yeah. I think that's more more my thing. Would you bank on the guy who is known for his streakiness or the one who he has shown up in big moments? Danny Green has a lot of big moments in the playoffs. I'd like if I was a team like the Knicks who needs scoring or a team like Hell the Warriors that needs scoring. I go all in. Right, like he only cost ten million, and there's always next year. But like, no reason you can't get a Norm Powell esque return, who we'll talk about later. But Portland should have. Is there any chance he's a buyout guy? No, I think he still has another year left on his contract. So Uh, he's good. Okay. I don't. I don't think that he uh, gets bought out. That's why they was trying to trade him, try to get something back. With uh, Portland was a team that liked them. It was a couple teams that actually liked them. I'm surprised. They should like him. They they didn't go after him. Orlando like has made all their contracts descending value. So like next year, this year he's making thirteen five. Next year he's making twelve five, and the year after that he's making eleven five. So for Terrence Ross, um. Let's keep it in Orlando, and we don't have to spend a whole lot of time on this one, but um, Evan Fournier got sent to the Celtics. That was the next trade that the uh, Magic made in the terms of blowing it all up for next year, and Boston only had to send out two second-round picks to um, Orlando for Fournier, so I feel like this could be like a a couple-sentence answer, and I'll just start to Zach. How much do you think this helps Boston? Like, does it actually move the needle for them in any meaningful way? 
No. No, it doesn't. I don't think it does. I I think this whole they're they're I mean they're their depth is was already razor thin, and so this helps that a little bit. I mean, it definitely does. Uh, and losing Jeff Teague, I think, is big because he sucked this year. Uh, he was but, really bad. Didn't understand the signing. I said it. You combine signing Fournier. Yeah, you did say it. That was a good call by you. You combine getting Fournier with losing size and Tice and getting Mo Wagner, who, come on, let's be honest, What's my Wagner going to give you in a playoff game? This Celtics team is, you know, unless they move up in the standings, which, I mean, we can think the Hornets and the Hawks and the Knicks, they're all going to fall. They're all, they're not, this is not how it's going to finish. Celtics are a second round team. They're a second round team. I don't think this, I don't think it moves the needle at all for me with the Celtics. I'll be honest. I don't know if they're better than the Pacers right now. Like, I, I think that's. I think this move made them better than the Pacers. But Our bench this, is better than the Celtics, that's for sure. But before this, I don't know. But, Caleb, do you even think that the Celtics can win a first-round series? Pro- I, I've had You've to been ask high that on the Celtics. I know. I've had, to ask my, I've had to ask that question to myself as I've been watching them over the last couple of weeks. And, I mean, it definitely helps to add Fournier. I just... It's they're just they're just too streaky. I'm I'm just incredibly sad on on Kimber Walker this year. I'm just sad. Like I get it. Like he, you know, he's it, it's clear he's still battling through something. That's clear. But I just, I, I mean, I would have expected better than this. Like I think oh. my expectations are fair. Like I'm not sitting. I'm not trying to say he needs to be a, you know, eighteen point guy. Right now, I mean, clearly the injuries are still there. I'm not. I'm not saying that, but I'm expecting him to be better than what he's putting up. Like, it's killing this team. It's it's killing. It's it, killing him. That's what's killing this team. As much as people want to sit there and say, "Oh, it's depth. It's depth." Well, some of that depth gets it gets talked about less when a player of Kimball Walker's caliber plays up to the level that he plays at. And, and, and that begs the question to me, you know, where is his head at? Where is his mind at? Um, I also don't think Brad Stevens has done a very good job confronting it. I think Brad Stevens has been very nonchalant. I think he's been like, uh, it's happening. Uh, it For is years. what it is. And, you know, I just, it, at some point, like, I just would think that, you know, you would, you would, you would see this move because the thing is like, it's old talking about how Boston doesn't have depth. It's old. They've had this for, for like two or three years. It's old. It, the, the question to me is why in the world has Danny Ainge just decided, Oh, Hey, I have to go get depth. So I'm just going to trade two second round pickers to go get a guard. Just two. That's it. Give me a break. Give me a break. They should have. They should have went out. They they, they should have went out and did more at that point. Because with but but you know but you know Zach Zach I, I'm going to you on this one. Danny Ainge is the fine. He's probably a finalist to get Dwayne Bacon. He never he never got him. <laughs> well, you know he's pretty close on a Vucevic deal. Is what I was. Oh about. yeah, sorry. Yeah yeah sorry. <laughs> yeah. Let, um, let's be honest. I mean the Celtics. I think out of every playoff team in the league, they're the most top-heavy. I don't think that's even close. If they play the Heat in the playoffs, they're fucked. Bam's going to eat yeah. them alive. 
yeah, again. And the fact that they are not – I know I just said they're the most top-heavy team, but the fact that they're not better than the Hawks and the Knicks is embarrassing. It's embarrassing. Truly. I, I Go ahead, J.D. Go ahead. Sorry. One thing um, I want to mention about these Celtics is for so long, one of their strengths was their bench. But take this back a couple years ago. Think about these three people that they had – Subbing in and out at fours alone. Marcus Morris, Jay Crowder, Jalen Brown. Yeah. Like, uh, imagine this. And then you go into a space where they traded for Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward. Now you got Tatum, Hayward, Brown, all that can play the four position. And Rozier as your backup guard. They had Rozier, Marcus Smart at the backup guards. They lose Rozier, they lose uh, Kyrie, they bring in Kimba, and before you know it, the bench is wiped away. They have had no bench. As, as soon as they lost Kyrie Irving, they lost their bench as well because Boston, I've been saying it for the longest, they are going too heavy on trying to buy in on superstars that are now, when you have so much young talent, you can develop into these roles around Tatum and Brown that will succeed. Terry Rozier right now fixes that point guard issue that they have with no problem. With no problem. Because yeah. he's not asking to do too much. LaMelo Ball handles the ball most of the game over there. Terry Rozier has certified himself as their closer and has been doing it good with Gordon Hayward on the team. With Gordon Hayward on the team. And you telling me he couldn't do this same thing alongside Brown and Tatum. And then Caleb brought up Brad Stevens. Y'all know I love Brad Stevens. I've been big on Brad Stevens since he got the job. Caleb was absolutely right. He doesn't confront the problems. You've seen it years ago when Hayward didn't know the play. He inbounded it to Jason Tatum, who took a terrible shot instead of giving it to Kyrie at the end of the game. Brad Stevens said nothing to Hayward about not knowing the play. Nothing. And you could tell because in the playoffs, they ran a lot of a lot of plays where Hayward needed the ball and just made the pass. A.B., you said it the entire playoffs. Hayward is at his best right now when he has the ball. Why? A lot of it looked like they just freestyling. They can't run the regular play because he didn't know any. He didn't know any. Last season versus Miami. Miami shut down every play that they ran. Going Hayward run the pick and roll with um Tice. And then you've seen Jalen Brown doing what he f- He's phenomenal at. He's cutting back door. Jason Tatum is rotating from the wing. Now you then you start to see, okay, these guys are they they still got talent. But the problem is when you keep trying to go heavy and bringing in these all-stars, and then you you can't teach them the system, you are screwing your young guys over. Marcus Smart, for no reason at all, is on that team because they don't value Marcus Smart. They don't value him. That is why I believe Marcus Smart does some of the ridiculous things he do at the end of the game. He's not valued. I truly don't believe they value him the the right way. Hey, J.D., you brought up Hayward a lot. Let me tell you, 
When they got nothing for Hayward, in the moment, it was terrible. It's really bad now. Oh, Boston don't get nothing back at all. It is horrible. Remember when they thought Miles Turner and Doug McDermott, they... That they can share than that with this trade exception. Yeah, they'd love that right now. (laughs) Another one Danny Ainge was very close on. He was on the goal line and just couldn't get it done. Is it just the case of them trying to be proactive instead of letting the situation come to them to be reactive? Like, I feel like Danny Ainge was trying to be too proactive. Like, I think he assumed too many things before the situation already happened, particularly with guys like Rogier. I think he assumed like, that he was going to get Anthony Davis, not to cut you off, but I think that he thought well, that was he a didn't dumb pull assumption. The he didn't pull the trigger. The trade could have happened. That was a dumb assumption. Anthony Davis was telegraphing Lakers for like two years. He could have pulled the trigger. Anthony Davis couldn't have said, I'm not going to play it. You got to play. You have to play. He, they got to get Drummond. He wouldn't pull the trigger on nobody. Look at everybody that he could have. He had to pull the trigger <laughs> on nobody. And he pulled the trigger on Evan Fournier. <laughs> like, I like Evan Fournier. But you telling me, Evan Fournier, I'm going to start from caliber players. I'm going to start from caliber players that they could have brought in. And let's just look at who they, who they actually pulled the trigger on. At the bottom of the list, I'm going to go. Paul George Vucevic. Then you move up a ladder. Kawhi Leonard, Anthony Davis. Okay. So these are four proven all-stars, right? Jimmy Butler as well. Jimmy Jimmy Butler was in there too. Jimmy was one of they had picks that they wanted. But I, I completely forgot about Jimmy because everybody was so high on pulling in these other people. And you telling me the best you could do is Evan Fournier? (laughs) <laughs> I mean, all the talent that you had, everybody walked for none. Jay Crowder, you 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 traded Jay Crowder, Isaiah Thomas for um Carrie. Okay, cool. Now let's talk about you lost Terry Rozier for nothing. You lost Carrie Irving. We could say you lost Carrie Irving for Kimba, but Kimba is doing worse than all three of the guards in that trade right now. He's doing the worst of all of them right now. Marcus Morris lost him for nothing. Um, Al Horford lost him for nothing. Uh, Gordon Hayward lost him for nothing. Most of these guys are the people they brought in. And also, a lot of the, to um, continue your point, a lot of those guys are people that actually know how to pass and make plays for others. Play in like, a role. I think Al Horford is a huge loss that like. Yes, it's a massive Sixers, loss. If the Sixers are going to pay him a hundred million, I understand. Mm-hmm. But you can't tell me that Al Horford still wouldn't help this team right now. He was a defensive leader for them. I think if they have Al- valuable piece, would have helped them Al- in the playoffs last year. That's I was going to say if they have Al Horford last year in the playoffs, they probably win because that team. I wouldn't say win. They got dominated they, by Bam. They got yeah. they, they 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 go they go seven because a lot of that series, Kemba didn't show up. And right. when when they realized what um Boston was doing with Gordon Hayward, Eagle Adala and Jay Crowder let loose on them. Yes. I mean, they bumped them off of everything and Gordon Crowder Hayward, especially. Gordon, Gordon Hayward looked bad. He he looked very bad. He looked and, awful. And it, it 
I think part of that was Miami being able to switch everything. But see, it's because of that. You would have needed uh, Al Horford, but they still lose. But it would have been a much competitive series. Much Hayward, competitive. Hayward got massively outplayed by a rookie in the Eastern Conference Finals. Massively outplayed. And sure. let me ask you guys this. Am I alone in thinking things can get really dark for the Celtics in like the next year and a half? Caleb, we'll start with you. I I think you're not wrong for thinking that because it's the NBA. And NBA is like it, the NBA is like watching a soap opera. So, I mean, a year is like a season of a TV show. You get to the and, and I think for Boston, like Clearly. the end of this the, the season, like that season finale, Zach. That that season finale that everybody's waiting on, that everybody's just like hoping arrives. The season finale could be everybody's like, yeah, you know, they have to keep rekindling everything they got to rekindle <laughs> relationships and 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 um and, and you know i just think for boston's sake like i i really do think there's a real shot that it, it wouldn't it wouldn't go well and, and that's sad because i mean when you have two studs like they Very do sad. you can't you, you just i don't know how you blow it they're they're lucky they've locked those guys in that's all i'll say that's the only thing from keeping this but that doesn't matter though zach all you, all you have to do now is literally like tomorrow, Zach. I can literally say, well, hey, it matters I, I a little bit. It matters a little bit. I mean, I know they can force. I mean, anybody can force their way. It's out it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate though, Zach. It's yeah. unfortunate because they could literally do that the next day. I, I think to go based off of what Caleb said, you have a strong reason to feel that way. But I do believe that the Celtics culture has kind of sunken into um, guys like Jalen Brown. I think Jalen Brown pretty much embodies what what the Celtics culture is about. He, in every season, he's gotten better, right? But check the playoffs. He gets even better in the playoffs every season. And when they lost to Milwaukee, he was the only one outside of Kyrie not afraid of Giannis. I mean, the only one not afraid of Giannis. Then you look at last season. He was the only one not afraid to dribble around Jimmy and Iggy. Right. Tatum turned into a guy that came off of screens. Hayward was shut down. I, Iggy frustrated Kimball Walker to the point Kimball wanted to spot up the entire time. I think when you really think about what the Celtics culture represents, you can't look no further than Jalen Brown. He embodies that. And I think he he can probably talk to Tatum long enough to hold Tatum around another year or two. But I do think that if they don't – last season getting to the Easter Conference playoffs, I mean finals, was a, a step forward – this season will be a big step back. I give him another two seasons before we hear about Jason Tatum's frustration and him wanting to get out of there. Yeah, dude, JD, you're totally right about Brown. I mean, from that draft, I think it was 2016 draft. Yeah. The two guys who showed the biggest improvements from year one to year two were Jalen Brown and Sabonis, in my opinion. 
and they were both all stars this year. So I don't think it's any coincidence. You're right. He's gotten totally. He's gotten better in some way, in some fashion every year. And every playoffs he brings it. 2016 is a great draft in retrospect. That top, like, so the first three picks yeah, are Simmons all in that draft. First three picks are all really good, and then you have Murray. Um, say what you will about Buddy Heald, but he'd go in the top ten in a redraft. So definitely. Um, yeah, just really, I think Siakam was in that draft, and I know Siakam's a bad word to say around Zach, but I mean, still, he's very good. So it's a damning word. <laughs> Shout out to Siakam. <laughs> after after he uh got that big fire from Toronto, sorry Zach, he went ballistic the other day. He went ape shit on. Uh, <laughs> he blew up Nick Nurse. <laughs> two of the uh, Celtics top guys, uh, Lavert and Sabonis, 2016 draft. So there you go. Um, let's go ahead and move on to the last Orlando, the last trade Orlando made, and that was sending Aaron Gordon to Denver uh, for Gary Harris. Oh, you sent Aaron Gordon and Gary Clark. Not Caleb's Gary Nuggets, Clark. JD. Caleb's Nuggets. Objectivity goes out the window. <laughs> So Aaron Gordon and Gary Clark go to Denver and Gary Harris, RJ Hampton and a 2025 first round pick come back to Orlando. So Caleb, I'll actually start with you because you had a take that I thought was was his favorite team. You got to start with him. Well, we'll save the Aaron Gordon talk for uh, the hater JD. Um, Whoa. You said you hate this move for Denver, so I'll, I'll wait to get to you. But, Caleb, you said losing Gary Harris to you was a big deal for Denver. And explain why you feel this way. I think I think for Denver, everybody talks a lot about Gary Harris and his on-court production not being exactly the same as, as you would want. But, I mean, when you really think about their roster as a whole, I mean, he was very much – the glue guy and the one who would connect the roster together. He was the guy that had really good relationships with everybody in the room. I mean, losing players like that is just not easy. I don't care what production you don't or do give me. It's not, it's not easy. And so, I mean, for Gary, I do think the move for him going to Orlando will really help him. And I think for, for Denver, it, it, it could be a, a tough one to recover um, in the locker room. Does, does Gary Clark and Aaron Gordon give you the locker room presence that a Gary Harris does? Probably not. And, and, that's, and, that's a, and, and, and to me, like, that is a big aspect of this. Um, and, I mean, maybe Denver does something in the buyout market. They clearly have shown they want to win, as we'll talk about in other deals. Uh, but – I just, I think that part of it was a big problem. If that's what you're referring to, Alex. And I mean, we saw it last year during the first round against the the Jazz, and Donovan Mitchell went off in Game Seven, but he had to work a lot harder. But I mean, Zach, I'll throw it to you because I'll, I'll save JD's hateration for last. Um, <laughs> but ridiculous. I'll just go ahead and ask this question now. Would you rather have last year's Jeremy Grant and Mason Plumley? I also forgot to add, like I did for the Bulls, that um, the the Nuggets traded for JaVale McGee from the Cavaliers for Isaiah Hartenstein and two second-round picks. So would you rather have last year's Jeremy Grant and Mason Plumley, or this year's Aaron Gordon and JaVale McGee? 
Well, I'd rather have the last year's version of those guys just because that was a Western Finals team. Um, I think uh, they were closer than people remember to taking the Lakers to seven games. Anthony Davis had a winning shot, if you remember. Um, So they were pretty close. They were closer than people think. But uh, I would probably lean Grant and Plumlee just because Grant was a spark plug that they really miss. And I think Aaron Gordon could be that. Uh, I think the biggest thing Aaron Gordon brings, they needed another perimeter guy to defend. They really needed it. And Aaron Gordon's not, I mean, when you think perimeter defense, you don't think Aaron Gordon immediately, obviously, but he's just a, he's better than what they had. I mean, God, for God's sakes, he's better than Michael Porter on defense. <laughs> they're, they're missing, they really miss uh, Torrey Craig. I know that might be a funny thing to say. Definitely. On defense, perimeter wise, they fucking miss Torrey Craig. And he doesn't play a lot in Milwaukee. But he played a lot on Denver, and they really got traded him. to Phoenix. Yeah, he got traded instantly to making an impact. Oh shit! Wow, he got he was involved in the PJ Tucker trade, which we're not going to talk oh, about today. Oh yeah, yeah. Since Dylan yep. and I talked about it on the Power Hour, but well, my bad. But uh, yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, but another thing, it does less pressure on Porter Jr. defensively and offensively. I think Aaron Gordon, even though he's pretty inconsistent on offense. He's gotten better, and he's a guy who can get you, you know, some nights he might only go for 10, but there's some nights he'll go for like 20 or 25. And his athleticism, I'd put it up there against anybody in the NBA. He can get rebounds. He can get his arms in the passing lane really well. And I think Jokic, I think goes without saying, by far the best player he's ever played with, Aaron Gordon, best passer he's ever played with, better than any point guard he's ever had in Orlando. <laughs> And I think he's just he. I think even more so than like Murray and Grant last year, he's going to be the biggest beneficiary in the past couple of years from playing with Jokic. I mean, we're going to look at Aaron Gordon playing with Jokic, and we're just going to be like, "Wow, this guy! When's he making the All Star game?" Like he's going to be so good with Jokic. I think it's a it's a win now move, and I love it. I love it, JD. Do you like? Do you not like this move because you don't like Denver, or do you not like this move for another reason? I, I'm curious. I don't like Denver. That's that's the truthfully that's the only but reason. Why? Why don't you like Denver? They're a fun I, team. I haven't liked Denver since Melo left. Oh, get off the Melo, please! Please get off it. I, I I like I like players. I like what they got going on, but as an organization, I can never like them. Why? For swindling I, I, the Knicks? No, no, that that wasn't the problem. I feel like they just didn't appreciate Melo. I mean, they're going to retire his jersey. And, and and with the stuff that they allowed George Carl to say and do to the players over there. I'll give you that. I'll I'm give you tr- that. Melo, Kenyon Martin, J.R. Smith, Allen Iverson. Yeah, let's not act like the Iverson Anthony experiment was successful, please. Whoa, whoa! You do must remember. Go a couple first round. They got kids. eliminated by the ch- state. Yeah, no, 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 no. That was that was Billups, not Iverson. In, in, in wait, wait, round? not not the champs, but the. Uh, I remember some first round exits. That's what I remember. It was to the Lakers. <laughs> Are we are we not forgetting who Kobe was that season? But you got two Hall of Famers who can score thirty points a game. Why are you losing? 
He was giving you 40. And you're losing. Let's see. Andrew Bynum. Andrew Bynum wasn't uh-huh. 20. I mean, Paul. JD, JD, they did lose by 14, not a 15, success. 18, and 6. I mean, yes, the 6 listen, came in game look, four. It's a very flashy team. Listen. It's a great 2K team to play with, but that's all it is. They had two players. It's not like they was built for you success. You just said Kenyon Next. Martin and Marcus Camby. I never said Marcus Camby. Marcus Camby, Defensive Player of the Year, 2008. Let me tell you something. They weren't built to win. Or not to seven. If if your offense rides on two players, it's not built to win. And I mean, no offense to so AI. At that point in his career, he was kind of cooked. I mean, he was AI was giving out work. He, he was, was giving out work. Like he wasn't the same that he was in Philadelphia. There's no insult by that. But I mean, they no. they had the same exact team the next year and made the conference finals. Well, that's because Iverson was playing 42 minutes a night in Philly. Yeah, Iverson. Were gone. I, there's no insult in saying Iverson was done by then because he was out of the league three years later. But AI was still valuable back then. We not taking that away. I'm just we, saying we that Den- you're overrating that Denver team, Melo and Iverson. No, no, I'm not. I never on once 2K said team. That. I didn't say they were built to win. <laughs> I'm just saying that what I'm saying is they were competitive with two players. All right. They weren't built to win. They like think of, think, All right. think about think about a lot of teams. They can compete. But they are not built to be in versus certain teams. That's yeah. Okay. All right. I'll get All right. yeah. But yeah. okay. Now, JD, how? Let's get off of Mello and Iverson. I did not think we'd be talking about them today. But <laughs> how do you think that Gordon? So you do think that Gordon will help the Nuggets, right? Yes or no? Absolutely. How do you I think mean, he'll help the Nuggets? You lost a big part when you lost. Jeremy Grant. Yes. I think he he fills that role massively. I think that uh Jeremy Grant length will go uh was a little bit more meaningful. But I think if you come out with somebody who can just provide half of that, it's better than losing it completely. And I think I think that he gonna be somebody that just like Jeremy Grant, the slashing that he provides will be great. I mean, you got to remember, Jokic does a lot of his operating coming downhill anyway, where he's using the screen to get a smaller guy. Once you come double, hey, Aaron Gordon putting a poster on the help defender. Similar to what Jeremy Grant was doing. And he's he, he shooting a correct. From the three, he's a he's a very much over average defender. I don't think he's a better defender than Jeremy Grant, but I think that he's a above average defender. Could do a lot of the same things, and you honestly need anybody who can play defense out there with um Murray and Mike Porter Jr. on the wings. I seen Jamal Murray in the defensive player of the year conversation, and I got pissed off, Ooh. by the way. Yeah, that's that's bad. Jamal Murray. That's bad. I seen Jamal Murray in a defensive player of the year conversation. That's horrible. And I mean, he said he would be on the first team. I was, I the was first team. irate. That's horrible. I was irate. That's irate. <laughs> let's let's look it back to Caleb. Caleb, um, before we move off of the Nuggets. And actually, I'll, I'll ask all three of you the same question, but does this 
vault the Nuggets back into the upper echelon of the Western Conference where it felt like they weren't at the beginning of the year. Like, are they back to where you a similar level where they were last year? Would you yes, say? Totally. Totally. Yeah, I definitely think they are. I, I think I think. But to be honest with you, Alex, I mean, that's not even the move that did it for me. The move, the move that did it for me was the fact that they yes, just completely yes, upgraded it, their it. backup five. Say it. <laughs> they got they got off of Hartenstein, who is seriously one of the worst basketball players I have seen this entire season. I mean, Dude, he is trading Hartenstein is, for Javale McGee is like trading Hartenstein. Hartenstein is on. Hartenstein is his equal. This is this is low, Zach. But I think you might Martin. agree. Hartenstein might equal TJ oh. Leaf. Oh that's, my whoa. God! Hartenstein, Hartenstein, might equal TJ Leaf. I, 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 I seen, he is. Listen, he I've is, seen score. I've never. He's seen not TJ okay. Leaf. Okay, but Hart, Hart, getting a, getting a guy like Javale McGee, who just gives <laughs> them this insane need of, of help at the back of five. He's going to rebound. He's going to block. And the other thing I really like about Denver doing that, which makes me like them, you know, in in terms of the top tier. Is some teams say, oh, well, we're not going to go get him because we can go get a guy in the buyout market. Denver said, screw it. Let me get we know now. we're not going to get guys in the buyout market. We know we're not going to get guys because we're a small market team in Denver, Colorado, where the weather's crap. Exactly we're gonna right, Caleb. Exactly right. And I'm telling you, I think the fact that they did that and they were that aggressive on even a minor move like that for a guy that everybody thought was going to the buyout market – says exactly how I feel about that team. They're going on another level. I think they're a top-tier team in the West. This was a win-now move, and I don't think enough teams do that now. This is a total win-now move. Yeah, heck yeah. Celtics trading for Fournier, that's not a win-now move. That's a fix my bench up a little bit. That's exactly right. Bulls trading for Vucevic this year, that's uh, avoid the play-in tournament if we can. I agree. Trading for Aaron Gordon and upgrading your backup center, that is a let's try and get to the conference finals at least move. Bingo. JD, upper echelon. Uh, so top three in the Western Conference, yes or no, for the Denver Nuggets? Uh, it's a toss-up for three to me. It's a toss-up for three. I think that I, I, I want to see them in Utah again, honestly. I would love to see them in Utah again. And I like the dynamics of both of those teams when they go up against Phoenix. Those teams with Phoenix, I swear it's always a great matchup. I I, I love those matchups. It's it's a it's hard for me. It's truly hard for me. Uh, I I think they definitely in a run. They could throw a monkey wrench in anybody' plans. We seen that when they came back on the Clippers last season. I definitely think they got the capability to do it to anybody in the West. So I, I can't say that they're not out of it. They're very much in. I, I I don't know if they number three, but based off of matchups, they very they very so could be three. Hey JD, I'm not saying this to piss you off. I'm just asking. I know I know you, I knew you was I knew you were going <laughs> to be the one to say something. If the Nuggets and Clippers meet in the playoffs. And the Clippers, Nuggets go Clippers up. Not, if the Nuggets go up two to one, 
and the Clippers' backs are up against the wall. Paul George is looking at himself in the mirror, thinking, oh, God, here we go again. What happens? Who wins that series? Nuggets up 2-1. to one. Who wins that series? Kawhi Leonard. Hey, let's not act like this. This Denver team is not better than uh, this is the that biggest Philly case. team. That's this is not the, better than that Philly team. This is the biggest case of selective amnesia I've ever seen. No, listen, I, I'm trying to tell you. This Denver team is not better than that Philly team. Kawhi led Toronto <laughs> from 2-1 against. They're not. They're not. They not better. They may not be better than that Milwaukee team that was up 2-0. I'm telling you now. Oh. I, I I know I know the Kawhi that plan. And I know the Ron John Rondo. Yeah. Do you know, I know Paul George? I know what Rondo can do. Rondo will make Paul George very much better than we've seen <laughs> last season. <laughs> that's who that's who Kawhi was campaigning for a point guard for. That's that's why Kawhi needed the point guard. He needed it for, he needed it for Paul George. Can I just say Lou Williams? And, and Luke Kennard and Marcus Morris gonna get his buckets. Lou Williams has definitely been one of the worst playoff guys the past like four years. <laughs> We're not doing that to Lou. It will be no. Lou. I mean, am I wrong? No, it won't be no Lou hate. I love Lou. Will. I love Lou. Will. Listen, I, last year the Clippers didn't even want to be there. They didn't want. They didn't want to be there. They didn't want to be there. They didn't want to be there, man. It, it, uh, psychologically, a lot of them was already checked out. They checked the out. Only, they totally. The only ones that oh. really came to play was Kawhi and Marcus Morris, <laughs> and um, to Michael Green, who's on Denver. <laughs> I, I love that pickup for Denver because I think he better than Paul Millsap. All right, all right. In the interest of time, since it's already been like an hour and we haven't even gotten to Miami or Toronto, let's go ahead and move on to Miami. So they traded for Nemanja Bielitsa for Mo Harkless and Chris Silva. And then in the, I think this is the last deal that it was announced that Victor Oladipo goes to Miami for Kelly Olenek, Avery Bradley, and a next year first round pick swap, which I thought was initially worthless at first, but it turns out it's a first round swap from one of those Nets picks they have. So like if the the Heat are 22 and the Nets are 29, or it, yeah, if the Heat are 22 and the Nets are 29, something like and that. the Rockets get 22 and the, the Heat get 29. But Zach, I want to go to you first because you said you had a comparison because we're going to talk about the heat later, but (laughs) I feel like the subject at hand here, and we really probably kind of buried the lead by talking about this last, is how badly the Rockets bungled the James Harden situation because they ended up with eight Rockets picks or eight eight Nets picks. They ended up with Kelly Olenek, Avery Bradley, um, Dante Exum, <laughs> they could have had Karis Levert or Ben Simmons. It really is probably the worst case scenario for the Rockets, just because Tillman Fertitta wanted to say he got an All Star. So, Zach, what is your comparison for the Houston Rockets? Well, guys, all three of you. Here's a question: 
And I think it's uh, it's gonna question. It's a question that's gonna make you laugh at first, but then it's really gonna make you think. Who is the more brainless franchise? The Rockets or the Transformers film franchise? Oh no! <laughs> oh no! I'm gonna go to Rockets. Zach. I'm gonna go to Rockets. Uh, at Transformers least, had a couple successful movies. I was gonna say at least the Transformers was successful. <laughs> what can we say about Houston? Zach. We are almost there every year. I'm saying in terms of no, plot, in terms of, in terms of what the hell's going on in the movie, what the hell the Rockets are doing, who's more brainless? I'm leaning Rockets. The Rockets are like the rudderless ship. Right, because even in the off season, they signed Christian Wood. They traded for John Wall. They had Levert. They had Levert. They had Levert and Jared Allen. Oh who, my god! And Jared Allen is looking like the best player in that trade. Not that's not named James Harden. They could have had so yeah. They could have had Levert and Jared Allen. They could have had Ben Simmons and Tyrese Maxey. And they they opted for choice D, <laughs> which was. Trade for Victor Oladipo, who is going to force his way out of there. It's a, he's going to leave in free agency. This really could. The only way it could have gone worse is if they traded for Andre Drummond. Did that might. They could have Lavert, Christian Wood, John Wall, and Jared Allen. That could have been their core. And like, they have intriguing young players, but the team is just in a complete. This. <sighs> I mean, the Mark Wahlberg Transformers movie make more sense in the direction of the <laughs> of the Rockets right now. You didn't like the last night. You didn't like that one. Is that what it was called? I didn't remember. <laughs> and when Merlin shows up, or Merlin the Wizard, <laughs> did that actually happen? You bet your ass it happened in the fifth Transformers movie. <laughs> I mean, listen, this was bound to happen, right? I mean, we see what happened in Philadelphia, and we're seeing what's happened in Houston. Like, Leslie Alexander, the guy who used to own the Rockets, empowered Daryl Morey to do whatever the hell he wanted, right? And Daryl Morey led the Rockets to the second-best record in his entire tenure in the whole NBA, right? They almost dethroned the Warriors, which Bryce Shadiel, wins. which Bryce Shadiel tried to tell you is a bad thing, that they tried to actually compete for a championship, He'll also act like he wasn't afraid that the Warriors were going to lose. When if you talk to any Warriors fan, they were they were petrified. I mean, if you move up seven picks in the next year's draft, and that's like you don't add to your pile of picks for what you got for James Harden, it's absolute fucking disgrace. Like the way that they bungled this whole, the only, like this is worse than the, okay, can we all agree this is worse than the OKC Harden trade? Yes, I mean they have they set their franchise back probably three years at least, in in the span of like a month and a half. Three years. There, so Fertitta demanded at least at least this was getting so last year when they demanded when Fertitta demanded Chris Paul get traded for Russell Westbrook, and Presti leveraged had to leverage Daryl Morey into giving letting. Uh, Oklahoma City having four Houston picks. So now, all right, I don't know if you guys know this, but so if Houston's pick falls out of the top five, then Oklahoma City gets their own pick. Yep. And Miami's pick. And then Houston will get Miami's, or excuse me, Houston will get their own, Oklahoma City will get their own pick and Houston's pick and Houston will get Miami's pick. So 
Yeah. It's they're bad. I was so confused. Okay, no, let me let me explain one more time because I kind of lost the plot there. So if Houston is picking fifth or worse, they their pick goes to Oklahoma City and Oklahoma City gets to pick their own pick. Let me simplify it for you, JD. The Rockets losing 20 in a row actually was good for them. That's 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 how I can simplify it for you. It, that was I actually ideal you. for them, losing you. 20 I games in a row. <laughs> if I was them, I would have lost 30. Um, I mean, I'll throw it. I'll throw it to Caleb next. Like this is a good buy low move for Miami. But are we sure that Vic is actually good anymore? Like he, he just hasn't been good since his injury. Like maybe not good, but like he's certainly nowhere near great. Like, do you think that Miami's going to get the Victor Oladipo that casual fans will think they're getting? Like, I, I think we won't see it the first year. Like, I think you have to tender, like, you have to tender the expectations a slight bit. But, like, yeah, I think it gets figured out. I mean, his his stats this season have obviously not been that great. But, I mean, I think he'll figure it out there. I mean, there, there's, there's no question about it. Miami's going to get their doctors and medical staff on those files and they're going to be able to effectively evaluate him. And I think they'll put him in the positions that they need to, you know, have him succeed. And, you know, it's, I mean, it's really funny. Uh, JD, it's so funny that you and I have called this for two years. It's just funny. Like, I mean, we, we, I mean, you and I, you and I have just been calling this for two years. Been an and, and conversation so, for us. I mean, it's it's it's. I mean, we. It, this to me is this is just like a, a match made in heaven. Um, I mean, I, I just think that the opportunity Vic's going to have is is uh, is fantastic. And uh, you know, look, I I mean, you, you know. I was going to make a comment about the Pacers and Vic, but I'm going to choose to hand it over so uh, anybody can, can take it away. Well, uh, I can say this. This will not be liked, but at least they got something for Vic. <laughs> they were going to lose him to, for nothing in free agency. A uh, bag of chips. They, I mean, they truly were. If you're something as Kelly Olynyk and Avery Bradley – and moving up five picks in it's, a draft. I, I think bodies, It's bodies. <laughs> it's bodies. They weren't. Listen, I rather I rather see a person standing next to me than Casper the friendly ghost when I'm on the basketball court. I don't know. I think I'd rather see Casper than Kelly Olenek. Hey. Oh, the way Kelly Olynyk plays, you will be seeing Casper soon. If you <laughs> right or wrong, was Kelly Olynyk not a bit faster in Game Three of the NBA Finals? He was. He's also a dirty player. Miss me with Kelly Olynyk to borrow a popular Caleb Lynn and Bryce Shaddy fa- phrase. Hey, I'm just saying he he could be valuable in the right place. JD, JD, you're getting into your Miami Heat fandom. You're defending. No, Kelly I'm Olenek. not a Miami Heat fan. You're, you're defending. You're I, defending I, I, Kelly I'm Olenek. Not a Miami Heat fan. One of his four I teams. I don't. I don't like Miami. Miami at all. I hate Miami. They're, oh, they, st- that's a lie. They, they, they've been the rivalry of the Bulls. That's I, a lie. I, I like I like Jimmy. I love <laughs> Jimmy Butler. So Miami, I want to see them succeed because that means Jimmy Butler succeeds. He's if, only a fan of James. My if, name is literally if, Jimmy Butler. You purge yourself. If you Jimmy Butler, yourself. if Jimmy Butler was not on Miami, I wouldn't even mention him. Perjured yourself. 
I wouldn't mention them. Her James. It's the same with the Clippers. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's it, not. AB, have I not said for the longest, when Jimmy don't play, I don't care how they do? Oh, when when Kawhi, I, I, when Kawhi didn't play for 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 no. the Clippers and Dallas won by fifty one, no. y'all didn't hear me say a thing. When, what did I say? Well, you didn't you didn't show up at the big moments against Denver though. That's what guys did. Oh God! Do you, if you hear that, it, it sound, would be folks, it would be it would be a Denver fan that bring it up. <laughs> that that's afraid to say he a Denver fan. Let me tell you something. Let hey, me what? Give me something. Kelly Olynyk over Paul George in a big playoff game. Oh, <laughs> let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard didn't have a team around him. All right, they didn't. Got they didn't right. show. They didn't show up. Marcus Morris and Jamaica Green showed up. Jamaica, Jamaica, Jam- showed up. Who didn't show up? That's what I'm wondering. Everybody else, you will never hear me get. I will never say this name to please you. <laughs> As long as he's on the side of Kawhi Leonard, I can't talk down on him. No, no, I seem to remember uh, in the playoffs last year, you were very vocal in our chat. That because uh, y'all didn't say nothing when he did good. This guy was horrible. Wait, he didn't show up. He was bad that entire series, but one game. But y'all never, y'all listen. This the difference between myself and other people. I don't have to like you to speak about when you're doing good. If you show up, you show up. I don't like Jamal Murray, but I was one of the main ones talking about how he brought them back versus Utah. I talked about his surges versus the Clippers taking them over the top. But unlike y'all, when Paul George went crazy versus Dallas, nobody said nothing. Y'all He's said, guarding him. What, what did you Wait till next game. That's not cool. The Dorian Finney-Smith, I would surely hope so. Paul George can light him up. Oh, my gosh. The Dorian Finney- he's in the NBA. The Dorian Finney-Smith erasure will not stand. Um, <laughs> I agree. Zach, you're a Pacers fan. Let, let's get this train back on the tracks here. You're a Pacers fan, and you've probably watched Vic more closely than we have the last couple of years. I know objective, you know, Objective is the uh, has your picture next to it in the dictionary, but of course it does. No, how do you flip it with Homer? No, no, Caleb. In case you didn't get it, that's what we call sarcasm in the industry, buddy. But totally um, objective. I look at everything from an objective. uh, Zach Griffith is the most objective person on this network. Um, Listen, Zach, just putting on your objective hat for a second. Do you think that Vic? can contribute half of his 2018 level to the Heat this year. Oh. Well, let me just say for Vic, I have no ill will towards Victor Oladipo. Victor Oladipo gave me... Victor Oladipo hey, gave don't me... don't do that. Don't, don't do that. I have nothing do bad that. to say about Victor Oladipo. We would not get on here lying. We would not, not get on here lying. When have I ever said a bad thing about Victor Oladipo? Caleb, Caleb, please. Please, AB, you did it. AB, you've been in there when me and Caleb is going back and forth with Zach and Bryce about how they trash everybody that leaves the Pacers. Anybody that won't resign or say something bad about that front office, Zach and and Bryce goes at anybody. Me and Caleb. Well, Oladipo has not trashed the franchise at all. 
He hasn't said one bad thing about the franchise. Did he? I don't did? remember Zach saying anything bad about Oladipo. Oladipo hey. gave us Pacers fans one of the most memorable playoff series ever. We should have beaten the Cavaliers that year. We, should, we just should have. We were a better team. Refs were against us in Game 7. If you watch the game, you could tell. Even Caleb's objective ass could have seen it. He could have seen it. So, so, there was no way the NBA was going to let us win that game in Cleveland. There's no so way. when I told y'all they were pissing away his talent and he was going to go somewhere that he would be appreciated, you didn't you didn't um, object and want to argue? J.D., he has not been that guy for like two and a half years. I'm just saying, I, I didn't, Miami don't need him to be that guy. They don't. They don't. I'm just they don't saying. need him to be that guy. Here but was you Victor's all problem. trashed him. Y'all said. I, ne- I never trashed him. Never. Y'all, y'all said he hasn't even been that good anymore. Why should we pay him that much? And what what was it that you said, Zach? What what was it that you said? What did when, I say? When, when I talked about. uh, What did I say? The reason why he won't resign is because y'all don't appreciate him. The money he was wanting. The money he was wanting for the output he was giving. He was the no. reason y'all was even valid in any conversation. No, he wasn't. We're seeing that now. Oh, my gosh. Y'all suck. No, we don't suck. Y'all just got swept. We are. We didn't have our best player. Oh, my gosh. Listen, y'all not good anymore. Y'all was never this oh bad with my. Vic. Look right at this wrong. guy. He gets Vujovic for 10 minutes, and now well, all of a sudden... <laughs> Right or wrong, were y'all ever this bad with Vic? JD, this wasn't even the original question. I was asking about, is Vic going to play good for he, the But me, he lied and said, he lied and said, he never once said anything. I never did. I just said he wasn't worth the money he was asking for. He wasn't worth the max contract. Okay. I never right. said, he doesn't suck. That's for sure. He's still a very good player. Oh, like you I think said. So now. You think so now? I'll just, I'll just get out and say it. I don't think he sucks, but I think he sucks adjacent. I think he's close. Well, to answer your question before I was interrupted by slander and untrue statements. Wow. Go find what I said Vic was bad. What I didn't like Vic. Y'all talk too much. I can't. Well, let me just say this. Besides the Nuggets move for uh, Aaron Gordon, this is probably... In terms of a needle movement, the biggest, the biggest move because I now think Miami's going to go to the Eastern Conference Finals. I think they can beat Philly. I don't think they can beat Brooklyn. I think Brooklyn, you know, even though their depth isn't great, their offensive firepower is just so much. Caleb, I don't know what Caleb's doing, shaking his head. I don't know. I just think Miami's going to go in the Eastern Conference Finals now. I underestimated them last year. I know we haven't seen Tyler Hero. I know. Yeah, you know. I did. I know we haven't seen Tyler Hero be, uh, you know, as good as we wanted him to be, but Oladipo, man. If is your sixth man and he's like 75% of what he was in 2018, give me that all day. Give me that all day. I just don't know if he can be 75% of what he was in 2018, though. I mean, yeah, I think it's worth the risk. I think it's it's, worth the risk, especially in the playoffs, because we know he can play in the playoffs. We know that. That's fair. I just think that. Unlike Paul George. (laughs) 
he to me hasn't like he had all the opportunity in the world to show that he was back in Houston and you could say the team sucked or whatever, but I just think the team was the Rockets problem was just that they didn't have a center. The rest of the roster is fine. But now, I will say this move was uh, slightly overrated by like ESPN. ESPN right. was acting like the Heat were going to walk to the finals. That's just not the, that's just not the case. I don't like this is not the case. If Vic can be 75% of who he was in 2018, I think they can make the conference finals. Yes. But I just don't think that they're better than Milwaukee, Philly, or Brooklyn. I just, I don't, I can't see it. Like, I think that they're... I think they're better than Milwaukee. I don't know. Like, Milwaukee's... Milwaukee's been struggling, and they're still only a couple games behind the... But, AP, what's Miami going to do about Bam? I mean... What are they going to do? What's... I mean, Drew Holiday's not Eric Bledsoe, so they have that. (laughs) Not having Eric Bledsoe on the team is going to do wonders for them in the playoffs. Hey, who would you rather have in the playoffs, Eric Bledsoe or Lou Williams? Oh, God, give me Lou Williams 10 times out of 10. (laughs) Give me Lou. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We going to blame that entire series on Bledsoe, or was it Giannis that that, that choked in the final moments? Giannis played Giannis played fine, and Middleton played fine too. It, Hold on, when you when you well, have game in game in game one in game one when Jimmy was cooking at everybody, get in there, Caleb. Why, get off why, mute. Why, why, why did the defensive player of the year not pull up on him? In game two, why did he come help when Jimmy was in a terrible situation? Unmute yourself, Caleb. At the end of the game, we gonna act like that doesn't matter. Are you also going to act like Middleton didn't average 25 points a game in that series? I, I, admit, I never mentioned Chris. Yeah, Caleb likes right, Bledsoe. Right. Caleb I've, likes Bledsoe. That's why he's keeping himself Chris All right, all right. But listen. I've never mentioned Chris Middleton. Giannis said, is, and a lot of Chris Middleton's stats was going to go up because he dominated when Giannis got hurt. But every game that Giannis played, they lost. I mean, <laughs> listen. Giannis isn't that kind of one-on-one defender, though. That's why you bring in a guy like Drew Holiday, and I think Drew Hall- having Drew Holiday on their team is really going to help them because and like Tucker. Yeah, and like defense. I think this is JD and I, JD and I will have to do a debate pod just on this because I think defense is just so much more than just locking guys down one-on-one. Yeah, like I think that it's an important element. Giannis had help. Giannis was a terrible defender at the end of game two when he fouled Jimmy and cost the game. I mean that's fine, but Look at Miles I think, Turner, he never dominates a one-on-one matchup, but he's a great defensive player. I know. Ask Joel Embiid. Don't talk to me. Talk to Joel Embiid about that matchup. I know all about that. Believe me, I've seen it. All right, we're not we're not debating this right now though. Um, so okay. So I, I'll ask this: Zach and JD, I think both agree that conference finals seem to be the peak for this team, right? JD, do I have that right for you that you think the Heat? can make the conference finals. Now, I'm not saying you think they will, but do you think they can? They can. All right. Caleb, what do you think? Do you think this team is a second round and out team, or do you think this is a conference finals team, maybe? So, I mean, in terms of my my opinion on, on Miami, yeah, I think they can, but I mean, Alex, you know how I feel about Philly. I, I really like how they play. And I, I think I think they're they're really really good, and I, I understand that you know they made the Miami made the finals last year and and all this other jazz, but it's it's it is very very tricky for me to see them uh, as a as a team that gets above uh, Brooklyn or um, or Philly for me. 
because uh, I think the George Hill move smart, and I think they're I think they have a buyout move ready. So I personally like I I think Philly's going to make another upgrade or something, and then you know, but if if would I take them over Milwaukee? Yeah, probably. Mm. Uh, I I I think I, I I'd like my chances there. They they've got a lot of they got a lot of guys that I can throw at them, um, you know. And and to be honest with you, I mean they've done it before. Why can't they do it again? I mean they're going to add more offensive firepower. They already are. Even though I can't stand Bielitsa, I can't stand his guts, but he gives you more <laughs> offensive firepower. And be, and, and, and and Vic and, and, and they really haven't had a player like like Vic who has the ability to do this from like, I mean, Tyler hero is really good. He's young, but having a veteran in those moments is very different. And, and I think, I think Vic gives them a very unique way to score and lead through example that they really haven't had in the sense of he has the ability to go for, I think he still has the ability to get 18. And if he still has that on a consistent basis, then that is just, that's very lethal. And and it, it, for me, if I had to rank the teams just right off the top of my head, um, I would personally have Brooklyn at number one, I'd affiliate number two, and I'd have Miami at number three. Mm. That's interesting. And I think that's a good note to move on to Toronto, a team that in past years would have been in your top three, certainly, but not certainly isn't there anymore. I'll tell you that your much. favorite team, AB's Raptors. Well, and I feel like they actually held the key to the trade deadline because Kyle Lowry, if he was dealt, probably would have been the best player that was dealt. I know Vucevic was dealt, but I mean, okay. I feel like Lowry would have actually had it more of impact on the contender, but the Raptors before they didn't trade Lowry traded Norm Powell to Portland for Gary Trent Jr. And Rodney hood. Um, Caleb, I want to start with you on that one before we move on to Lowry. I think you said that you think Toronto won that trade. And I'm curious to hear your reasoning. Why? Yeah, I definitely think Toronto won that trade because I don't really think it does. I don't think it moves. I don't think it moves a needle for you and you get rid of your uh, player that I think is incredibly important to your development and you suck at drafting. So I, I just don't really understand the the idea that you're just going to come in and get rid of a player like Trent, um, who who I think had the ability to be a better player than Powell, and I think he he has the the you know the the you know the feel for the game uh, with Damon CJ that that's that's just really good. He knows how to play off those guys. He was getting better as a defender every year. His shot was getting better because he was more confident. And I, I just don't – it just felt like a move that they made to make. And, and to be honest, I don't think it puts them in a different level. I don't think it moves them up another level. I don't think it moves them into – I don't think it moves them into another level. Powell trade? And I just – for me, no. I don't think it changes how I – I don't think it changes the outlook that I have of Portland. Like, it doesn't change, like – Oh, I think they're going to be out of this round sooner. Uh, I I, I, did, I don't think it doesn't do that for me. Um, so I, I mean, I, I, even though I like Norm, I just I don't. It doesn't do that for me. Can I rebut real quick and then we'll move on to uh, Lowry yeah. just in the interest of time because I feel like Lowry might go a little long, but um, I think the Norm deal gives them upside in that where you lose some value defensively, you're not losing that much. And what you're gaining on offense is huge. Like Norm on offense is superior to Trent on offense. Like Norm is averaging something like 19 points a game 
on really efficient shooting, and you need that kind of firepower in the playoffs, especially when your defense. Portland's defense is one of the worst in the league. It's horrible. If it wasn't for Sacramento and like three other teams, it'd be the worst defense of all time. But Chicago defense better. I Can feel they- like Ennis Cantor has something to do with that. Well, oh, he we definitely were, does. We were doing the pod. <laughs> we were doing the podcast last week. And I, I remember you guys remember last year when everyone's like, "Oh, Washington's defense is by far the worst of all time." You know, just the worst by defensive rating, the worst defense ever. <laughs> Sacramento's defense is like three points worse than worse than Washington's was last year. Like it's absolute tire fire down there, and Portland is not much better than Sacramento. But go all in on offense, you know. Just try to outscore people. And if you have Nurkic and Covington, you have two really good, you know, rim protectors slash off-ball defenders. Covington is really good in the passing lanes. You're not going to stop LeBron. You're not going to stop Kawhi. You're probably not even going to stop Jokic. But, you know, if you can outscore them, then why not try, right? Like, if, if I really want to see... JD brought up, you know, wanting Can to they? see the rematch. But, I mean, you got to... I mean, listen, they're not going to stop them. Their defense is absolutely god-awful. You just got to try to run and gun and outscore him. I really want to see a Portland-Denver series in the first round. Totally. I want. Oh. I either want to see Portland play Denver or Dallas. I just want to see some 130-129 games in the playoffs. But Yeah, okay. Um, let's go ahead and move on to Lowry in the interest of time. So Lowry was kind of being dangled all day. There, so the Clippers, the um, 76ers, and the Heat were in talks to acquire him. Um, the Heat, instead of getting Lowry, they're just they just said fuck it and they gambled on Depot for much cheaper instead of trying to wrangle Lowry. Um, the 76ers tapped out early and they got George Hill, and then the Lakers and the Clippers. The Clippers got Rondo, but I mean. I don't think that's anywhere near the level of what they could have gotten in Lowry. And Zach, I want to throw it to you because you said you didn't think that we were talking before the show. You said you didn't think Lowry would get traded. Why did you think that was the case? No, I didn't think Lowry would get traded. I think the biggest reason and a reason that nobody really talked about, quite frankly, this guy's this, this is a guy that's making 30 million a year. That is not an easy contract to trade at all. And I just think, you know, the Raptors, they have an outside shot at the play in tournament still. They don't strike me as a team that is like, well, if we don't, if we make it, we do. If we don't, we don't. I just feel like they're going to try and make it. They're going to try and see what happens. Now, the Powell trade might tell you otherwise, but I think they're still, they're still going to try. I just didn't think so. I think teams like the Lakers and the Sixers are going to have to give up way too much to get Lowry. And it's an expiring contract, so... I didn't think he was going to get to. I certainly hope for my fantasy team's sake that he wouldn't. Um, but I no, I'm not surprised. I, I wasn't surprised that he didn't get moved. Not at all. So, JD, did you want Lowry to get moved? And which team do you think he actually would have moved the needle on if he was actually traded? You would have wanted him with Kawhi. Come on. Honestly, I would have wanted him with Kawhi the most. But the team that I figured he would go to would be Miami. I thought he was going to go to Miami. That was what I read as his preferred destination. But they got to give up Hero and stuff. If you win now, you win now. I thought I didn't know for sure if they would give up Hero. I thought they would have gave up Duncan. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. I thought that. 
I thought that for sure that he would have ended up in a Miami jersey. Personally, of course, I want him with Kawhi. I think he would have did so much for them, but <laughs> I thought I thought realistically he would have ended up with Miami, which also I'm not mad at Jimmy over there. But and um, so they call me a homer. Always Kawhi and Jimmy Zach. Always. Hey, truthfully, I thought that's what he was going was with Miami. They call me a homer. The biggest impact easily would have been Philly. Easily would have been Philly. Yeah, I agree with that. It's not about what I personally believe, but the biggest impact is Philly. I mean, just think, just think about what he would have unlocked for that team. You, so many players get better playing with him alone, and then being able to take the ball out of Ben's hands and allowing Ben to slash. I think I think the biggest impact would have been with Philly. I just thought Miami would have been the one to pull the trigger. I kind of am shocked that he didn't get moved because I feel like he was like I talked about in the little preamble I had. I thought he was like the biggest piece at the deadline. Like this guy is going to have a CP3 like career trajectory on me. And I'm shocked that he hasn't been traded already. Pers- like, frankly, like even before the season, because he's just that good, right? Like he's going to impact winning no matter where he goes because of the intangible things that he can do. Look at CP3 in Phoenix. That team is CP3's team. Lowry goes to a team and that's Lowry's team, no matter how much training camp or whatever he's had. Yep. That like, he is that good. And I mean, if I'm the Lakers, I don't blame the Lakers for not wanting to trade KCP or, you know, for like half a season of Lowry when I would doubt that Lowry would want to stay in Los Angeles and probably have to take a pay cut. Right. But Philly, to me, there was no downside to it. They literally could have done the George Hill trade and the the Lowry trade done like Danny Green. And I mean, the Raptors are always going to value Lowry more than the other teams will because Lowry is the greatest Raptor of all time, right? Like Kawhi won the championship there. Vince Carter did what he did, but Lowry. No, Vince it, Carter is not. Vince Carter doesn't compare to those guys. No, because Lowry, they don't win that champion. JD will admit this readily. They don't win that championship without Kyle Lowry. Nope. That, not at all. That team, like he's very outsized importance to the Raptors. He's so I don't blame them for valuing him more than the other teams. I just wonder if he's going to sign somewhere in free agency or if he's going to be like, listen, you guys did really right by me. I'm going to do a sign and trade in the off season. But I think that's probably going to be the way this ends up going. And he ends up going somewhere like Philly or somewhere like that. Right. Somewhere where he can actually help a team. Clippers. It would be <laughs> Clippers is honestly a possibility, especially with Canard taking a huge bump in salary next year. Yeah. But Mavericks. Oh, I would. I'd love him pretty much anywhere except Orlando or Houston or Detroit. <laughs> You're talking to somebody who literally would take Kyle Lowry on every freaking team in the NBA, Zach. <laughs> no, I was telling him before why, the why show. Is- before the show, I think uh, Alex's uh, wet dream is Kyle Lowry on the Grizzlies. <laughs> It is, but they're not close to back in the Grizzlies uniform. <laughs> <laughs> you see what happened last time. Hey, a lot's happened since then. Like- exactly that, and it was meant to be the best for both of them. 
<laughs> Listen, man, I love the Grizzlies and I'd love Kyle Lowry. It would be a match made in heaven for me. But um, anything else on Kyle Lowry or the, any other Raptors things before we go on, Caleb? Yeah, I, I would say for Lowry, I think JD really hit it on the head with Philly. And I'd like to touch on it because Kyle Lowry, Kyle Lowry should have gone to Philly. Plain and simple. Um, I think the undervalued and really, to be honest, the underappreciated factor in the whole thing is the dude's from there. The dude's from there. Right. Like when you have a Philly guy playing for your team in Philly with the chance to win a championship, that is a really sweet feeling. You can't, you can't take that away from players. And for Kyle Lowry, like that is awesome to be able to do that. I just, I guess, you know, maybe that's something that still happens down the line, but if I'm Philly, this is a very good basketball team. Why, why am I, why? I mean, I like, and I like Tyrese Maxey, Alex, you know, I like Tyrese Maxey when we did our draft pods, you know, I liked him, but at the same time, like, are they in a place where they can afford to wait? On Tyrese Maxey right now, I, I, don't, I don't think so. You know what, Caleb? Honestly, I don't think so. And, honestly, and only, even Thibault, I don't know if they can wait on Thibault. Honestly, to that point, Caleb, I this might be crazy to say. I honestly think that's why Oladipo was as good as he was that first year with the Pacers was because he went to college here. Yeah. And that affects players. Zach, you're right on the head with that. It, it, it affects players. And I think it would have, honestly, I think it would have upped Lowry. I think we would have seen a really good guy, Lowry, in Philly. And um, I think if Lowry on Philly, I'd Alex be more ready to say they're a conference finals right. team. Oh, you, you you could have said NBA finals as far as I'm concerned. I, Alex might have gotten a room at the embassy, room sure. 600, room 602. <laughs> he would have gotten a room at the, he would have gotten a room at the embassy if okay, Kyle Lowry man. went to Philly. He, he would have said, Where, uh, can I get my ring at Jared, please? Can the I get Toronto my ring at Jared? Sheridan. <laughs> let, me, let me get it sized, please. No reason to bust out the passport when he's in Philly. Uh, that's right. Yeah, the, no, he would have gotten his. He would have. He would have got. He would have wanted to replicate the NBA ring and say, "I love Kyle Lowry," with the bushy <laughs> eyes, with the bushy eyes all over him. That's what he wanted. The Philly all Hilton right. booking for Alex Burr. All right, all right. I think I think we're good on Lowry now. So let's go ahead. I, let's just do these last couple questions rapid fire, and we'll just go in. We'll go in order of JD, Caleb, Zach, me. All right, JD, your biggest winner of the trade deadline. Try to make it. We're gonna do rapid fire, so try to make it a little quick. Miami. All right, Caleb. I will go with Denver. All right, Zach. Yeah, so I have uh, two answers. Long term, it's the Bulls. Short term, it's the Nuggets. All right, and I will probably go with the. I'll go with the Nuggets. And so, biggest loser, JD. Oh, this might be unanimous. Boston. Oh wow, that's not unanimous. Caleb. Orlando. They should have traded more. Zach. Rockets. And I, yeah, I am shocked you guys didn't go with the Rockets. It's the Rockets. I mean, come on now. All right, JD, your favorite small move? Rondo. I knew that was going to be your answer. <laughs> what? Okay, before we move on to Caleb, how do you think Rondo's going to help the Clippers? 
Just giving them exactly what they need, a point guard. Are you counting on him being a spot-up shooter like he was last year in the one in a million Thank chance? you. He will be a point guard. I didn't say a spot-up shooter. I said a point guard. <laughs> <laughs> what did Kawhi Leonard need up in Toronto? A Paul point George. guard. Somebody to get him in his spots. What does Paul George need that we've seen in his best season? Confidence. Somebody that found him in his spots. A point guard does that. All right. <laughs> Caleb. George Hill to Philly. That's a good choice. That Zach. My second. JJ Reddick to the Mavs. Mm, bunch of good choices here. I am probably going to go with the George Hill as well because I feel like that. I feel like he shores up a need for them. Um, next question. So, JD, back to you. Um, which team do you think needed to make a move that didn't? And you can go a little bit why here. <laughs> Um, that didn't. I mean, only seven teams didn't make a move. Uh, I'll go LA, the Lakers. I thought they would have definitely got JaVale McGee. That was somebody they've been eyeing all season. I thought that would have been the least that they did. That's fair. Uh, Caleb. I would have liked to have seen the Suns upgrade the backup five. I'm sick and tired mm. of Frank Kaminsky. I'm, I, I, he's, <laughs> he's, he's completely unreliable. He's completely unreliable. All he is, all he is, is just a brick wall out there on the basketball court. That's all he is. He is his best days were in, were, were in Wisconsin. His, his last year in Wisconsin. He hasn't, he hasn't played a single productive minute Sam in the Decker, NBA. Sam Decker, baby. Cameron Crutwig or uh, Frank Kaminsky right now? Nigel Hayes. Kaminsky, I would take Kaminsky. I, I just, I, I just think the Suns could do better. That's all. That's all. <laughs> all right, Zach. Warriors. I thought they should have gotten off Ubre. I think the Warriors should have gone for Powell or Terrence Ross, and I think it's inexcusable that they did. And that's a great choice, Zach. My choice. I agree with the Suns. Although if Lamelo was healthy, it would have been the Hornets because the Hornets need another center. They are big man deprived. Um, your boy Bismack Biombo, Zach. <laughs> as much as I love how he's played this year, I think that um, I think the Hornets doesn't work. No, not anymore. No, I like it. when he's making backup money, he'll be fine. But and when he's actually a backup, he'll be fine. But not not right now. And then last last question, JD. Before we get to, um, I think you're the only call out corner we have because I don't have one this week. But which player did you think would get moved that didn't? Lowry. That's fair. Okay, well, no, 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 no. Let's... Well, actually, no, not Lowry. I thought somebody before Lowry would. Lonzo Ball. Yeah. Hey. And we wanted we wanted Lonzo on the Bulls, didn't we, JD? A- absolutely. <laughs> Caleb, you said Terrence Ross. You think you think uh, some teams could use the extra scoring punch that he could provide? No question about it. And I mean, I guarantee you the. Uh, the value for him was like going to get a couple of uh, sodas at Dollar General, like getting a couple of, like a two for two fifty. <laughs> I mean, like, like, like I mean, two it, liters. It, I mean, you want a couple? You want a couple two liters for two bucks here? You want a couple? <laughs> you want two second round picks here? I mean, that's all I think it was. Come on, come on, let's get Terrence Ross for that. Zach, what's a guy that you thought was going to be traded that didn't end up getting traded? Al Horford. Mm. <laughs> Al Horford. 
That's funny. Um, Ross is a good one. Dwayne Bacon for me. I think that Lonzo is the biggest. Well, actually, you know, I'll go different. I thought John Collins was going to get traded because I thought the Hawks were idiots. I thought the Hawks were going to be idiots and trade John Collins. They idiots for not giving them another contract, but no, no, also no. ridiculous for citing Danilo Gallinari and Bogdanovich, maybe. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> the, the real idiots are the Indiana Pacers for drafting TJ Leaf one spot ahead of John Collins. Why didn't the Pacers make a move? JD, like I said, it's like me and, me and the Pacers do the same thing on deadline day. We sit on our ass. Oh, true. We don't do anything. We show the just. Hang the phone up and don't do anything. That's all. Would like to say Gallinari's up to 40% from three on five attempts a game. Um, And he's averaging 13 points off the bench. Pretty good. Here you go for my my guy Gallo. And also the Hawks just came off of an eight-game winning streak. Maybe the Hawks in general. Like, I know they made the Lou Will trade, but, like, just in general, they probably could have used a little more punch if they're going to try to make the playoffs. But He's a little more defense, too. In the spirit of our battleground crossover, call out corner time. Um, we'll go around the horn before um, to see if anyone has a call out corner. Caleb, do you have a call out corner? Yes, I do. Let me let let's hear it. Yes, I do. I I got I got I got a call out corner. <laughs> I got a I got a call out corner for Bryce Shaddy. Bryce I knew it. Bryce Shaddy and I have never had a debate on the battleground. It would be an interesting crossover. Yes, you have. You guys came on and debated Cardinals versus Red Sox. But JD, there's a difference. That's yeah, fair. That's he, fair. It, it, I was involved. I was involved. Oh, that's right. That's right. Um, Zach, call out corner this week. Calling out the Indiana Hoosiers for acting like they're still a blue blood basketball program and thinking they're going to get a big time basketball coach. But Zach, Brad Stevens is going to Indiana. You know, uh, I don't know what they shoved in their pipe and lit up to smoke, but I want some of that because thinking you're going to get Brad Stevens to Indiana, that's ridiculous. (laughs) And then... Um, we're, the reason we swung it around the perimeter, I don't have a call-out corner this week. I'm not feeling real passionate about anything. J.D. Hall, sir, your call-out corner. I got two. The first one is real quick. Um, I was going to use it as my wild card, but it's starting to make its rounds. Oscar De La Hoya old ass is coming back to fight July I 3rd. I saw that. And I just feel like he needs to sit down. The golden boy. I, I feel like if you're not fighting Floyd Mayweather as you'll get back, that's why you kept trying to fight him. Don't fight. I hope you lose. But anyway, now a more serious one. You know who I think the strongest people in the world are? Our women. Yep. I think our women, the strongest people in the world, they got the toughest jobs. But you know who get mistreated so bad? Our women. I mean, we seen what uh, Megan Rapinoe did uh, for the equal pay, right? But let's just think about the other things that go. You know you've been treated bad when the the country dedicates a month to you. You know what I'm saying? This This is National Women's Month. Why is it women's money? Because they get treated bad. 
I feel like with the what the NCAA did with with the women's tournament was absolutely despicable. Um, I couldn't believe they provided such limited resources. And then we talked about it in the chat. It went and we seen multiple posts where the guy for the men it was, hey, so glad that you came. But for the women it was, you lucky that you even part of this. Like really. Like, let's be honest, a lot of colleges excel due to how well they women do. UConn and Tennessee specifically are two two universities that goes heavy every season due to the women and, and are praised due to the women, have many fans due to the women. South Carolina, Notre Dame. South Carolina. We could keep going. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. then let's take it up to a professional level. AB, you know, I did a speech about this and um when we was friends and when we first met around this time. Um, the WNBA. Why is it that the WNBA have some of the most skilled athletes in basketball in general? They, they, a lot of them are not in the league because they can't do anything but jump. They're not in the league because they're tall. They have legit skill, but you know, they are underpaid severely. So much to the point where I, I hated that this happened to her, but it really made me take things into perspective. Remember when Brianna Stewart won MVP? Mm-hmm. And because she doesn't make a lot of money, she was playing overseas, right? She bought her a brand new car. And what happened right afterwards? She tore ACL, right? The MVP. What would the league have done if Giannis did the same thing? Giannis don't have those problems. The men MVPs don't have those problems. Well, we can barely provide for the life that we have. Why? They make it. Cal Lowry, he's far from being the best player in the league. Very great player. Making $30 million a year, right? Why are the women so underpaid? Why, why do the MVP got to play in another league for her to get paid? In another country. In another country. We have the greatest athletes in the world in the United States. I don't care what what sport it is. You find the greatest athletes in the United States. But we mistreat the women. When was the last time the women didn't win in the Olympics? When was, when was the last time we, we were just bad in any women's sport? It's hard to name. Why? Because we have some of the greatest athletes in the United States, and most of them are our women. And then I was so curious to ask to many more things. You know the U.S. got a women's baseball national team? Yeah. Why don't we got a women's baseball major league uh, uh organization effect like there's not a league for women to play baseball in the United States but they represent us nationally in the Olympics 
but yet they don't have a league in the country. I feel like it's a bunch of bullshit. I hate that women are so mistreated, underpaid. It's ridiculous. Like, no, you know what's hilarious, JD, is the 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 ESPN was showing the NCAA women's tournament, and they weren't doing it because they wanted us to see it. They were doing it because the NCAA said, "Hey, we got called out on this. We need you to show this." Yeah, yeah. Like, like, are we not go act like uh? They didn't have the best buzzer beater of the tournament, period. They went in overtime and it still came down to a buzzer beater. We go act like that just didn't happen. And I can say firsthand, and I don't I don't mind saying this. The NCAA doesn't care about the women's the women's tournament or women's at sports all. in general. You I was it. at the twenty nineteen Final Four with uh an old professor of ours, Malcolm Moran and uh Mike Williams. Do you know what they were showing on the TVs in the media room in between games? Because I'll tell you, it wasn't the women's tournament going on in Atlanta. It was fucking NBA regular season games. You would think you'd want to promote your own product. I mean, well, that least. seems like a good marketing strategy to me. I don't At know, least. Zach. Seems counterintuitive to promote your own stuff. I mean, I just remember Malcolm was just totally incensed, and he should have been. And all three of us were, because, like... There were, I mean, I hate to say it, but there were way more reporters at the at the men's Final Four than there probably should have been. And I just kept thinking, man, I bet the women's media room is like half of this, if that. Because NCAA just, number one, doesn't care. They don't promote it. And number two, if you don't promote it, odds are the, the viewing public isn't going to care either, which is a shame because you got people like Brianna Stewart, uh, the Yukon dynasty, which is like, I'll love them. Maybe the best dynasty in college sports history. And nobody talks about it. Just like it, it's, it's embarrassing. NCAA acting like they care airing it on ESPN. It's just, it's, it's hilarious. Yeah. Page buckets this weekend, by the way, if you want to check out that, that game that seems like you know if you want to they they aren't sponsoring us but we'll we'll give them some pub you know i think it's actually when this comes out let me let me look it up real quick but yeah it's listen everything you guys said is right the way that women's sports are treated in this country is absolutely despicable um so by the time you listen to this and if you get to this point in the pod the game might already almost be over because it comes out the game starts tomorrow at one but or- the fans know the fans know how good it is that's mm-hmm. it's it's the people who decide what gets aired and what doesn't they they have no idea and also the people in comment sections who say misogynistic shit like those those bird brains um in general, I, I remember uh, I told you when I gave my speech, a guy in there was like, I can't remember his name. I didn't like him. I, probably I, if you didn't like him, it's probably best you don't say his name. Yeah, I, I'm not going to say his name, but he reminded me of something I'm not going to say right now. But he said, the reason we don't watch women, they can't dunk. Like you obviously an unleaded motherfucker, unathletic motherfucker. How many if times you only, have you dunked? If you, if you only watch it because they can't dunk. Obviously, you can't dunk. You can't shoot a shot, period. Typing from his couch, arm deep in a Doritos bag. A little dunk, little dunk. And and the things that he comment on, on social media is, oh, why did he do that? He shouldn't have did that. He should have made a pass. 
you ain't dribble the basketball a day in your life. How you going to tell a professional what to do? And I'm like, bro, you don't got an athletic bone in your body. For one reason I know, I see how you walk. You walk weird. If you don't have a coordinated walk, you definitely can't be in any athletic field. So to 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 criticize saying it's uninterested because they can't dunk, that's more of a reason why true athletes value things like that. How many times have y'all seen the faces of the NBA speak about how how dope the WNBA is? Steph Curry, Chris Paul, LeBron, Kevin they Durant, are, Kevin Durant. They are at games. Chris, um. James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Kyrie. Kyrie. Yeah, everything bad. Everything bad you can say about Kyrie, he paid salaries for the women who didn't want to play, who didn't feel comfortable playing in last year's. Exactly, and I mean, when you when's the last time Steph Curry dunked? Come on. But you love Steph. When you really think about these women. They are some of the most skilled players in basketball, not just the NBA. They have to compensate due to not being able to uh, dunk. Think about why Sue Bird is praised. She has one of the best freaking IQs in basketball history. When you think of Sue Bird, you know who I compare Sue Bird to? The Chris Paul of the WNBA. Literally, I just... Literally just Chris Paul. It the the purest point guard you will find. Maya Moore. I always think of Kevin Durant. Just the best scorer I've ever seen. Can literally just just can finish no matter what. The worst shoe night still they putting up 30 with no problem. Like it's certain players you just have to think of. And you say, man, she's so dumb. Freaking Candace Parker, the LeBron of the WNBA. Elena Deladon. I I think she shoot the three a little more than this guy. But Anthony Davis, a walking double-double, unguardable, unstoppable. You think of some of these women and you just like, man, they are so dope. But... A lot of freaking people don't give our women our credit. They the reason why you're born. You ain't come from just a man. You came from a woman. But yeah, our women are not as respected. Our women go so unprotected. I hate it. So yeah, my call out is just for all the dickheads who don't appreciate our women, who ain't paying our women, even though some of them owned by the same NBA owners. But for some reason, it ain't enough money to go into the WNBA. Did this call out corner was meant for all of those assholes? Outside of that, I'm good. I don't think we could cap it off any better than that. By the way, um, okay. First of all, Zach Steph Curry has not dunked since 2019. Okay, that's uh, not as long as I thought. But um, Steph Curry has 26 career dunks. Nicole Jokic has 25 this season. <laughs> And we are recording this. This is about 10 o'clock. We are going a little long, but um, ah, currently currently Orlando and Portland are in the fourth quarter, and Norm Powell has 22 points. Hey, Pacers beating the Mavs. That's all I know. So, um, I want to thank you guys so much for doing this with me. I had 
exactly the blast that I was predicting we'd have. And we went about as long as I predicted we would, even though I said we were running a little long, but there was just so much to talk about. So um, Caleb Lynn, thank you so much for joining me. What do we got coming up on Linsanity next week? What do we have on Linsanity? We got the NCAA tournament, baby. That's what we got. The Sweet 16. NCAA tournament, baby. It's, it's, all, it's, it's all a part of it. Uh, we'll have uh, we'll have some great guests on. Uh, Devin Voss will be coming on um, this coming week to talk about the uh, the NCAA tournament. And he's actually at these uh, these Sweet 16 and Elite 8 games. So we'll have some in-person coverage for you on that. It should be terrific. So look out for that. Uh, shout out to Devin. Um, I would have asked him to join us if I knew he didn't have a big weekend ahead of us, ahead of him. So shout out to him. Uh, JD Hall, facts and stats. What do we got coming up? Um, I just, I just recorded something new. I think that uh, people definitely should want to tune in to. It's just about the simple choices that we make, understanding what we're doing. You know, being being consciously aware. That's sounds awesome as always. Facts and stats. You better go check that out. Zach Griffith, Circle City Cinema. What do we got coming yes, up yes, this week? Yes, uh, Let's see. Falcon and Winter Soldier recording tomorrow. Hey. You and I. That's right. Uh, the first two episodes of that series. Got uh, my Snyder Cut monologue coming. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. <laughs> let me tell you. Zach's been waiting for this damn movie for years. Let, let me. Let me. Let me. Let me tell you this. This movie, yes, it is four hours. I understand. And if you listen to cinema, you know if the movie's in my collection, I think very, uh, ah, I enjoy it a lot. When Snyder Cut comes out on Blu-ray, I'm fucking buying it. That's all you, that's all you need to know. That's all you need to know. So I've got that monologue coming. Uh, and Alex, you're going to be on again next week for Goodwill Hunting, continuing the favorite movie series. Fuck you. You don't know it to yourself. <laughs> you owe it to me. Do you like apples? Well, I got a number. <laughs> Are you like them apples? <laughs> you hit a cop. You're going in. It, that's that's my Boston accent. If, if you're here in five years, I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> so, um, triple option pass. Uh, Devin's a little busy this weekend, as we previously stated. So, we're not going to ask him to do something during this week. I think I think that's a little unfair, is that Griffith? I think it's a little unfair to ask him to to do the Sweet Sixteen. Well, he's going to be on uh, cinema for Fast Four. Him and uh, Bryce Shaddy. They'll be on <laughs> Fast Four this week. Unfortunately for them, JD lucked out. He didn't have to talk about that dog shit movie. But yeah, some of the best things that I asked for is the things that I don't receive. Yeah, I noticed I, when I asked uh, which ones you want to be on, Fast Four was left off your list. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, man. You know, I'm a very specific guy. <laughs> I don't blame I don't blame you at all, JD. Um guys, this was a long one, but a great one. I had a ball. Um JD, Zach, Caleb, thank you all for thank joining you. me and thank you for listening. Thank you.